On this week's news episode, we discuss a once-in-a-lifetime giveaway, the announcements of popular events returning next year, and how we feel about Disney's mobile ordering in the parks. This is the Capture the Magic podcast. everybody and welcome to capture the magic podcast episode 28 today we are talking about some of the latest news coming out of disney world and a lot more than that but first i need to introduce myself my name is jamie and i am joined by my wonderful husband jared how are you jared hello i'm good yeah are you really i'm a little bit i'm a little bit angry are you agitated i didn't okay we just watched the Big Brother finale. I don't know if people watch Big Brother. Don't give away any details. I'm not going to give away anything, but people suck. <laughs> we were talking about how everybody voted in the jury because it's, I think there's nine people that vote for the winner, and we did not so much agree with what happened. Correct? Feelings are precious. Feelings apparently. are precious. Yeah. Feelings and... Uh, yeah. If I go on, you're going to have to bleep out a lot of what I say. So I'm just going to say <laughs> yeah. I strongly disagree. Okay. And I would gladly debate many of these people. <laughs> anyway. But so, we'll continue. Yeah. It was live. So if you're... if Hopefully, people that are listening, if you watch the show, have already watched it. But we... Uh, I watch it every year. So I wanted to... Uh, watch it this year and i was disappointed to say the least but anyway so i saw it in passing but it still makes me mad i know i know um before we uh, get into the news i want to mention a few things on top of our news shows that we put out on thursday we also have a diz talk episode that is released every monday and this past monday we talked about our experience at this year's food and wine festival at epcot so give that a listen after this episode we love getting feedback, so we'd appreciate if you'd hit that subscribe button and leave a review of the podcast and let us know what you think. You can also find this show wherever podcasts are available, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And we are on social media. You can find all that information about, about that in the show notes. And if you want to have a chance to win a free t-shirt, please subscribe to our newsletter on CaptureTheMagicPodcast.com. So that's about it for the housekeeping section um we're gonna get into the news mr jared is going to read the news we don't have a a lot of stories this this week but we have a lot of we have a few really good ones so that makes sense total sense total sense so he's gonna start with the first one and this one i am dying because i want this so bad continue (laughs) okay um you can spend the night in an exclusive Cinderella Castle suite at Walt Disney World uh, thanks to a fundraising raffle. Uh, the Orlando area nonprofit organization Give Kids the World Village is offering a special prize to generate funds, and one lucky winner has the chance to stay in the famed Cinderella Castle suite at Walt Disney World. The winner and five guests will receive the following amazing prize package. Enjoy a dream come true night at the famed Cinderella 
Castle Suite at Walt Disney World Resort and a two-day Disney Park Pass for each guest. Feast on a fairy tale breakfast at Cinderella's Royal Table. Get flown to and from Orlando courtesy of Give Kids the World Village. Um, only a lucky few have gotten to spend... So this goes. So this is talking about... This is what you get. Sorry, this is going on about the suite. Uh, only a lucky few have gotten to spend the night in Cinderella's Castle Suite where the rooms are decked out in 17th century elegance but maintain all the usual modern hotel amenities. Uh, perched four stories above Magic Kingdom, the suite includes mosaic art, stone-cut floors, gorgeous stained-glass windows, and wood paneling. Uh, the foyer... For, is it foyer? Foyer. 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 Yeah. It was going to be foyer. <laughs> Features an inlay of Cinderella's magical pumpkin coach, and her custom-crafted Steuben-glass slipper is on display. Uh, the castle suite cannot be reserved by park guests, so this is a rare opportunity for an extra magical night at Walt Disney World. Uh, to enter, you can choose from a variety of donation tiers. The base level donation of $10 earns 100 entries to win, with different levels up to $5,000 for 50,000 entries. The deadline to enter is October 13th at 11.59 p.m. A winner will be chosen on or around October 20th, and the price package is valid through August 31st, 31st 2018 and blackout dates may apply so how much money can we give <laughs> because i really want to stay there i know i know this is like every disney fan's dream is to stay in this suite i totally get that it's just man if you could pay for it i'm sure it would be rented out all the time but oh what I, a, what a, like what an experience to actually have that happen I mean, yeah, the pictures look. They're amazing. Oh, pretty great. The, the suite is beautiful. I'm curious, how can you stay in it? They don't rent it out. So, what, I mean, do they just basically pick and choose certain people that are allowed to do this? I've it's, never known, I've never known how they choose this. They started doing, I think they started doing that with a promotion a couple of years ago, like one, like a million dreams or a million celebration, something like that, where they gave away. Uh, night of the sweets like every day for a certain amount of time i can't remember what it was but now it's just exclusive like promotional stuff or like giveaways or sweepstakes where people can win to stay in the suite sometimes celebrities are able to stay there yeah, i know justin bieber that. stayed there one time Katy perry i think was one of them too. i'm sorry if you're allowing but. justin bieber and Katy perry to be the people that get to stay there you're ruining your brand <laughs> <laughs> You're, you are diminishing your brand. Yeah. And I will stand by that. Well, the last, the, actually, the last people that stayed in it was the family, the bucket list family that are doing the 30 stays in 30 days. It just ended, I think, yesterday. And their last day, they stayed in the Cinderella suite in the castle. And the, it was so cute. The, the wife, the mom, she was like crying. She was so excited, which, I mean, I would be too. But, so they didn't pay for that, obviously, because it's a whole promotional thing they do with Disney. But that's how they got to do it. I don't know. It's 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 once in a lifetime thing. I mean, I get why they make it exclusive like that. They have to. But I would think they would. Uh, okay, I will say this: if you're going to make it exclusive and you want to make it like a really cool thing, why not then do special things for just random people? Instead of allowing Justin Bieber and celebrities to stay in there and make it seem like, oh, whenever we get to stay there, where Disney could do something really cool and like, I don't know, find a family that really 
I don't know, some outreach or some sort of like thing. I don't know. It's just thinking off the top of my head. Well, they did do that. I know what I'm saying. It's not, I mean, they don't do that really anymore. Maybe they do it more than we know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I think this is a really cool opportunity to. Oh, I totally agree. Because the, the, um, the nonprofit, the Give Kids the World Village, is, is super awesome. And if you don't know what that is, it's, it's basically a nonprofit organization that helps basically terminally ill children and their families go to Disney. Um, I think they pay for the flight, the the tickets, the hotel, everything. It's like five thousand or six thousand dollars per trip for the family. But I think this is where they go to if kids from like Make a Wish want to go to Disney World. I think yeah, this is where it's they a send it's them a to. really cool. The charity itself is amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, it's for sure. I mean, like, they do so much stuff with it for these kids. Yeah. And so any money that you can put toward the entries is going straight to this this charity or this uh, this nonprofit. So I don't know. I, even that in itself, be like, yes, take my money. If so. we did happen to win it, my only thing when I'd walk in, I would ask very politely, where did Justin Bieber and, and Katy Perry sleep? <laughs> and if they said, oh, this bed, and there wasn't any other beds... <laughs> I would then just sleep on the floor. Okay, Jared. Just letting you know. <laughs> or maybe I'll just bring a blow-up mattress into the suite. Make it really classy. <laughs> okay, fine. But you... Um, so it's you, if you win the, the package or if you win the the um, the raffle, it's you and I think five people? Five guests, yeah. So that's not a lot of people. Usually it's like four, but now it's like six. So, I mean, you could, you could have a bunch of people in that suite. Um, oh gosh, if you haven't ever seen it before, I encourage you to look at these pictures on, in this article. Google for more pictures and go to YouTube and look at um, the... There's a video that Disney did not too long ago, kind of touring the suite. It's gorgeous. So this is very... This is like... Um, what's the, What do they say? Well, I guess it's like a bucket list thing. Like, I'd love to do this if I had the opportunity. But, you know... Maybe I won't ever. <laughs> As you stare directly at me, <laughs> I'm not saying it's not like you can like make it happen. It's just, it's just one of those things where maybe in the future it'll open up to everybody, and you don't have to win something. To I'll stay just there. become famous for making terrible music, and then we'll be able to stay in it. I think you're focusing too much on that. Part. I think I got the formula down. Oh, I figured it out. Okay. Okay, but anyway, so great, great organization, great raffle fundraising thing great opportunity to stay in the castle so if you would like to take advantage of this do it because it's amazing that's all i have to say about that okay on to the next story please okay uh disney after hours returns to the magic kingdom in 2018 disney world has announced that the disney after hours event will will return to the magic kingdom in 2018 this event gives attendees after hours access to some of the park's attractions and character meet and greets. The, two, the 2018 events will allow guests to enter uh, the park as early as 7 p.m. The entry time will allow guests to experience the Happily Ever After fireworks show. Guests then get to remain in the park for three hours after closing and access 25 attractions and experiences. Uh, the attractions include... I'm not going to read this, but it's basically most of the rides in the Magic Kingdom. I'm not actually sure which ones they... I'll, I'll find out. Okay. Um, available for meet and greet will be Princess Tiana and Cinderella, Rapunzel, and Elena of Avalar at Fairytale Princess Hall, Ariel at Ariel's Grotto, 
and Mickey Mouse and Tinkerbell at Town Square Theater. Uh, guests to this hard-ticketed event will be offered complimentary ice cream novelties, popcorn, and select beverages as part of the event. Main Street Bakery will be, will be open during the event. Other unnamed food items will be available for purchase throughout the park. Uh, the dates for the Disney After Hours are as follows. January 19th, 26th, and 30th. February 8th, 15th, and March 1st and 8th of 2018. The cost is $119 per person, regardless of age. Annual pass holders and DVC members will have discounts available for tickets. Uh, there's be, there will be no fast passes. And it's uncertain if Disney will allow fast passes between 7 p.m. and park close as they have for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party tickets. And it says Disney After Hours does not replace Disney's scheduled extra magic hours uh, that are offered to on site resort guests. It is held on days that do not have extra magic hours uh, scheduled for the Magic Kingdom. Uh, yeah, so. It looks like the only one I can think of that's not on the list of what's not available is Enchanted Tales with Belle. Yeah. That would I mean, make sense. That's an attraction, meet and greet kind of thing. But basically, everything will be not, open. But everything else seems to be open, even Jungle Cruise, which sometimes that ride's not always available when there's these kind of events. But yeah, even like People Mover is open. Oh, Carousel of Progress is it's not available. Um, yeah. So anyway, the list is in the article if you'd like to look at it on the show notes. But yeah. So what do you think about this event? Uh, I'm all for it. Um, I know they offered it back in 2016. Uh, no, it was this past year, wasn't it? It wasn't 17. I know that. It wasn't. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't 17. Mm, anyways. I don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But anyways. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I thought it was a really good thing. I know people kind of, some people kind of moaned and groaned about it because it was perceived as another um, something you could pay extra for, and I people kind of get not up in arms, but I think people sometimes get turned off by that. But I mean, I think it's great. I mean, basically, probably at that price point, you're going to have almost the Magic Kingdom to yourself in a way. That's what a lot of people said that did this before. The only mm-hmm. thing is, 119 per person, no matter the, the the age, is a little steep. Well, yeah, um, I, yeah, I guess. Uh, do you th- okay? So, do you think it's worth the price for like an adult? If you had two for, adults for you and I, yeah. Um, I gotta I say, would I would it. do it. I would do it if we like brought our daughter. Or say you had two kids. I don't think it'd don't be worth know. it because for one thing, it'd be late. And it's a lot of money for just three hours. Yeah, that's kind of my point. That's why I'm saying it's one or two people. Then I could see yeah. it possibly be because in that time period too, with the park being with much less people in it, uh-huh. you can ride a lot of stuff. Right. Whereas if you got kids, they're going to get tired and things like that. I, I think it just depends on well, how you would do it. I'm thinking about the prices they have set for the Halloween party and the Christmas party at Magic Kingdom. Now they range anywhere from as low as seventy something dollars up to 120 or i think 115 yeah i think the Something closer like you get to the holidays so but those parties you have the whole um basically basically the whole park open you have meet and greets you have extra snacks you have parades you have shows like you have all of that 
that is like special and from, it's unique things that you're not going to see right, every day right with the after hours party it's two hours less than the christmas and the halloween parties and you also don't get anything extra special like something that's unique to this other than the christmas and halloween so i don't know i you're basically I, paying I you're basically paying for less crowds i'm guessing that's there's what not as many people that they let in probably that and i think they're just at that price point you're gonna just have people who aren't going to pay that and i think you're just basically paying for access to the park with less crowds is kind of the way i look at that now they do give you some food and drink some i think it's, it's not a lot is it uh it said ice cream and complimentary ice cream novelties popcorn and select beverages so i think last time it was like you got free water and so my guess would be it'd probably be water and soda yeah would be my guess on that popcorn and probably like mickey bars stuff like that would be the ice cream stuff would be my guess right um i mean i would do it if it was just you and i but if it's like a family of four correct yeah eh, then you're starting to talk close to five hundred dollars for you know limited you know a couple hours access then i don't know if it's worth the price but again it depends on where you're at too if that's not a big deal and people are willing to pay it then they see value in it then you know go for it well obviously if they're bringing it back that means enough people did it last year um and they also have discounts available for annual pass holders so if you are an annual pass holder out there i think it's twenty dollars cheaper so you buy or thirty dollars cheaper you basically get like ninety dollars yeah i think it's ninety dollars a person if you're an annual pass holder so that right there would make me want to buy it for it's definitely something i would like to experience for sure i would just assume yeah it would just depend on what you would want i guess but exactly exactly but yeah it seems it seems cool i would love to be able to ride the rides like as much as i want well and for me too i i just like the magic kingdom at night it's such a cool park at night and i, I think know that would be a really neat experience too because i remember when we went a couple years ago and it was extended magic hours and there was there was still people in the park but it was open to like 2 a.m yeah and there was a lot less people in the park and it was really cool because it was at night and it was less crowded and you could kind of just walk on the rides and just kind of stroll around. And it, it was really a cool environment. Yeah. So I would assume it would be similar to that, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I would love to try it. So yeah. if we do ever try it, we will do a show about it, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's move on to the next one. Yeah, the next story is that the 2018 Epcot Festival of the Arts dates have been announced. And it looks like it's going to run through, uh, from January 12th through February 19th. Um, a trifecta of fabulous is what it says. <laughs> Kickoff 2018 with world-class... Cu- cu- I can't ever say that word. Cuisine? Cuisine. 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 Okay, jeez. Anyways... Remarkable visual art and an extraordinary lineup of live entertainment. Starting January 12th, our most all-inclusive celebration of the arts returns to Epcot for its second sensational year. Introduce your inner aficionado (laughs) to the annual festival Festival of the Arts and exciting extravaganza. My goodness. (laughs) This thing is interesting. Wow. Okay. So it says 
I'll, I'll reread this sentence. Sorry. Okay, this is from Disney. This is from Disney. Yes. This is not us. Yeah. Introduce your inner aficionado to the annual Festival of the Arts, an exciting extravaganza replete with phenomenal artists, gourmet fare, musical performances, stage productions, and other amazing acts. We've rolled everything you love into the arts and into one spectacular spectacular salute. New for 2018, the festival will remain open seven days a week with various entertainment offerings planned each weekend. So pack your palette and your palette <laughs> because magic truly is in the eyes of the beholder. Whoever wrote this <laughs> broke out their thesaurus and went to work because this it's they threw in so many words it didn't hardly make sense. All the words that they threw in just were another word for like amazing. Yeah, they were just synonyms for amazing. Sounds, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, Disney. That just sounds really pretentious. Good night. Um, uh, sorry. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> reading that was like, what am I reading here? So yeah, it looks like they're bringing it back. And last year it was it was only in, on the weekends. It was only on the weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Friday through was it Friday through Sunday or Friday through Monday? I can't remember. I think it was Friday through. Sunday. Friday through Monday. Nope. Oh. Monday. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, so every day this year, which we knew that was going to happen. I mean, yeah. it's so popular. Well, any any of these festivals that run at Epcot are popular, so not too surprised. Oh, for sure. Um, but it looks like they're going to have Pop Eats is going to be back, which is... Pop Eats. Um, was that like a... Well, okay, that, that had different things. Unique focus of the food studios is on presentation where dish plating becomes a work of art on its own. Wow. And they've got pictures of all the food they're going to serve there. Again, all these pictures will be in the show notes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. Something for January. I mean, throw well, in there. Yeah, I mean, we don't have anything planned yet to go during this time. But uh, I remember seeing something about a wall that you got to, like, mm-hmm. it was like a paint-by-the-numbers wall where you go over and you get you get the paint, you... I guess I don't know if you pay for it. No, you don't. You don't pay for it. No. Okay, you go in and you paint it, and then it's this huge, huge wall. That at the end of the day, you can see this beautiful design. I don't know. It's it really it was like a paint my numbers thing. It was very pretty, and uh, that'd be cool to see. But yeah, so a week instead of a weekend. That's good. Yeah. Probably last year was a little bit of a test run for it, and mm-hmm. feel it out a little bit. Would you like this? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think any of these festivals at Epcot are always fun. They're always se- they always yeah. seem very food and wine ish to me, which they are. Well, that's on purpose. It is on purpose, yeah. and I and I like that. I love food and wine, so it's not it's not a bad thing at all. The only thing that I I did notice they had last year, and I'm seeing on here, is all of these deconstructed foods. Like they've got a picture of this classic Reuben that is, it's like a deconstructed sandwich. Ah. I don't know. I'm not fancy in that way. If I want a sandwich, just give me a sandwich. But um, I would still try and eat it, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's well, it's interesting. They call, they call the booths food studios for the Festival of the Arts. Um, they have the Pop Eats. They've got Masterpiece Kitchen. They've got um, the Artist Table. They've got... Gosh, they have they have a few more. Well, I will say the one thing I did hear from people is that these food booths um, were a lot more expensive than they were for like food and wine and stuff. You mean food studios? Whatever the places that serve food. <laughs> yes. So that's something that is interesting. Yeah. So a lot of those foods I've seen there, 
I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd pay more than I would food and wine prices because food and wine prices are already kind of high. I mean, it's some of it's a better deal, but you're not getting like a a deal. I don't believe. Yeah, they have a Disney on Broadway concert series, and they have like dining packages with that. Um, Community Arts Showcase at Future World. Gosh, they have a ton of stuff. Yeah, I I, I would be interested to actually go to this like one time just to see. Um, I'm not really into art that much, like fine art and no. anything like that. But um, it would be cool to, to experience the food. And I feel like it's something that if you were planning on going and it was going on during your trip, it'd be cool. But I don't know if this is something I would plan a whole trip around. Yeah, I mean... There's a reason it's in January and February. That's yeah. when the crowds are the lowest. Okay, so let's go on to our fourth story. Okay. Okay. Uh, it says, Disney and Lucasfilm launch a science and Star Wars series with a scientific look at lightsabers. Yes, please. I want a <laughs> lightsaber to happen in my lifetime. Star Wars is arguably the most popular science fiction franchise ever created. I wouldn't put arguably in front of that, but okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, while it is filled with magical powers and unbelievable technology, there is still an element of science present. Disney and Lucasfilm are highlighting this with a new digital series that is simply titled Science and Star Wars. The first installment in the series was released today, and it dives into the science behind one of the most iconic fictional weapons ever thought up, the lightsaber. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It says uh, it'll consist of 10 episodes in which host Anthony Carboni uh, and his celebrity guests will s- and scientific experts will dive into experiments with the technology found in Star Wars franchise. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, I just, it's just kind of a blip news story, and I, it I, kind of, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, the reason I, well, I always loved Mythbusters, and this kind of reminds oh, yeah. me of Mythbusters, of taking something in movies and seeing is it actually feasible to do. Now, I don't know if they're going to try and build one, obviously, but I always liked when, I don't know if anybody else out there watched Myth, Mythbusters, but they used to do those movie specials about, they take a clip from some movie, and is it accurate to science? They re kind of redo it themselves and basically say if it was you know, feasible or not. So, all right. I'm going to sound real stupid here, but is, can you, is, <laughs> is the lightsaber real? Like, can you make a lightsaber for real? Not yet. Okay. So when they I mean, say there's the science some, behind it, are they talking about like lasers? Like, well, I think they're talking about if it's feasible or could it okay. ever be feasible? Okay. I mean, there are some, I've seen some people claim they could take a beam of light and make it look look like a lightsaber perhaps but actually having it be able to cut things and stuff like that okay no but not yet anyways huh that's funny i don't know i might actually look at this if it's not long i'll probably take a look at it but maybe not will you watch this yeah i'll watch it for sure did it say what channel it's gonna be on or is it just online i think it's online online yeah there we go there you go at least i'll watch the first one and see if it's actually Good or not, I suppose. But yeah, sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Next story. Uh, next story is in my wheelhouse. Uh, Marvel superhero magic bands are now available and coming to Walt Disney World. And it says DisneyStore.com has just released five new magic bands featuring Marvel characters ahead of their imminent release at Walt Disney World, and they are Black Widow, Captain America, Iron Man, 
Spider-Man, and Thor. And see, these are open. Uh, these are open edition Magic Band Two, so they're available at twenty-two ninety-nine uh, each. It's unclear if these will ever be sold in a park, but we expect to see them at Disney Springs and resort shops soon. I'm assuming they can't sell these in the park. Oh, because of the contract. Yeah, because of the the contract or the agreement with Universal. Because when I saw this, I mean, I'm I'm gonna get one. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm probably get a Captain America and a Thor. But <laughs> when I saw this, I was really intrigued. But and then I read that I don't think they'll be able to put them in the parks because uh, people who may not know this, Marvel before the movies came out, Marvel was in some financial trouble in the '90s. They basically sold off all their properties to movie studios. This is why you saw X Men and, and the different comic book characters on different studios when they first started getting released. So they sold off the rights to these studios, and they also sold off the rights to be able to put uh, Marvel characters in theme parks to Universal. Okay, then the movies, Marvel turned around, they started doing doing really well, and they didn't have any rights to their properties. But part of the deal with Universal, and this is before Disney owned it, was that you, nobody could build or put Marvel characters within, I believe it was 100 miles of Universal Studios Orlando. And you couldn't use the, um, I don't think you, it couldn't be anything east of the Mississippi, some sort of terminology like that. Either way, that's why Disneyland is able to put in the Guardians ride in Disneyland because it's west of the Mississippi. But if you do pay attention to out of Disneyland, they can't use the term Marvel in the ride. That's why it just says the, the name of the, the ride, but it doesn't say Marvel. Okay, but Epcot has Guardians ride. Yeah, I think they've. I think they have found a loophole with Guardians, because okay, I know about this contract. I've read the contract. I don't have a law degree, so I can't decipher the thing. But people have. (laughs) There's tons of people online that have gone through it, and it's very vaguely written. And so, basically, I think Disney has been trying things to see what they can get away with and what they can't. Because I don't know if you remember when Doctor Strange came out, they had a Doctor Strange kind of show at Hollywood Studios for a short, short period of time last year. Yeah, they didn't call it Doctor Strange show. It was clearly Doctor Strange. It just would pop up um, and then it went away. Now, more than likely, what happened is they did it a couple of times and Universal sent a cease and desist. You think so? It to me, that's what it seemed like. I think with Guardians, they found a loophole, and I'm wondering it's because they didn't. Guardians was not a property anybody knew about until Marvel developed it. So I'm assuming maybe it's got something to do with the fact that, you know, if Marvel has been the only one that developed this property, that they can do it. Because I've heard it's somehow tied into the Avengers. I don't know. It's a very complicated contract, and I wish, with all my wishes. That Disney could get the rights back and we could have like a Marvel land at Disney World and then I would just live in it. But until mm. then, we're stuck in this kind of tug okay. of war. So in the contract, do you know if they list individual characters that apply? They say some, um, okay. but they don't list every single... That's the thing. That's why it's so vague. They don't right. list actual characters that you can have and that Universal has rights to or whatever. So when Disney got Marvel, neither Universal or Disney, you know, ever anticipated 
this sort of situation arising. So I think this is something that when Disney got the contract, they've kind of probably been, I'm sure they've got a team of lawyers looking at this contract, mm-hmm. have looked it over for years, saying find a loophole, find it, find it, find it. And it seems like they have found that loophole in Guardians, at least. So. Yeah. I know we're getting on a tangent here, but I do want to ask you a question. Okay. Do you think this will ever revert back to Disney completely? Because, I mean, Islands of Adventure has a complete Marvel land that was established in 1999. That was nine years before Iron Man even came out. So, I don't know. Yeah. In the contract... So there is some stipulations. In the contract, it does say if Universal ever like doesn't upkeep the attractions or they don't stay true to the source material, that it would revert. Okay. okay. More than likely, that's not going to happen. Part of me thinks that sometime in the future, Disney will acquire these rights back because at some point, Universal, by having these attractions and selling this merchandise in their parks, while yes, they are making money off of it, they are in a way advertising for Disney because Marvel is becoming synonymous with Disney because it's owned by Disney and Disney's done a really good job of branding and and implementing them into all the things that they do. Yeah. So at some point is universal going to be like, why are we continuing to basically promote our competitor? And yeah, they're going to make money. It's it's kind of one of those things where you look at it as like, they're going to make money in the short term by people coming to the parks, maybe buying some stuff and riding the rides, but long term, you know, Universal is also a movie studio, and they're essentially promoting their competitor's movie studio, who doesn't need any help in promotion. It's like a catch twenty two, right? Yeah. And so I just part of me thinks at some point, for millions and maybe billions of dollars, Disney gets this oh, back. Man. But but the other thing too, Universal also knows if they ever do give this back to Disney, Disney's going to open up a whole park. You of brown marble. Oh, I park. if they didn't, I don't know. I like mean, superhero. I don't park know why they wouldn't. Yeah, and so yeah. maybe Universal holds on to it just because they know if Disney gets this, they're even more toast in the local yeah. competition. Of, I mean, these two parks have been competing for a while. If Disney were in the Star Wars, getting ready to come out, it's already going to be a big thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I wish it would go back to Disney just because. I think that would be amazing to have some sort of superhero park, you know, new theme park or whatever, or just even superhero rides. In conclusion, that's the reason why we may not see them in the parks. Yeah. Magic bands. That was a long, that was a long <laughs> way of saying I'm excited about the superhero magic bands. But that's too. probably why they're not going to be sold in the parks. Yeah. So are you going to yeah. get a Captain America one? Yeah. Okay. Captain America and probably Thor. Thor's—he's amazing. I have—I have Molnir on my office shelf. Molnir is his hammer. For those that don't know yeah, what that I is. told you guys, I'm a comic book nerd. So, okay. When Thor comes out, I will do a deep analysis. So exactly. Okay. Yeah. Next story. Okay, actually, the next four stories are all clumped together because it all has to do with photos taken at Hollywood Studios, um, just updates to construction and whatnot. So. Go on, Jared. Yeah, so there is Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge. Um, looks like demolition of Soundstage 4 at the Toy Story Land entrance. So in the pictures, it looks way different. So um, the removal of Soundstage, Soundstage 4 at Hollywood Studios is nearing completion. 
to make way for the entrance for upcoming uh, Toy Story Land. And you can see in the pictures, it's just scaffolding now. Like there's. Well, they took down the scrim or whatever. Yeah, the scrim yeah. that was there. So uh, the reason Hurricane Irma preparations met the construction scrim was removed, giving a look at what is left of the old soundstage. And um, you can see the entrance of what it'll look like with the new model they've got over in Walt Disney Presents now. And you can see on the images here, they show where that'll be. So that is progress there. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And there is signage over at the Baseline Tap House and over at Grand Avenue, which for those who aren't aware, that's where Streets of America used to be. That's where we're going to have this tap house go in. And so uh, the signage says Baseline Tap House and kind of a, it's kind of cool, like an aged sign a little bit. And there's a Grand Avenue signage going on one of the buildings as well. So that is exciting. And the models for tar- for Toy Story Land and Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge models are at Walt Disney Presents now. So you can go in and see those, which I actually do want to see those. Cause look- Me too. I, I don't know. It doesn't say if it's the one that's from D23 for Star Wars Land. I hope so. Pretty but, sure it is. But yeah, that one, it was a very large model. So that is yeah. there now. And you can now see a the worst named ride at Walt Disney World that's going to be <laughs> uh, a new preview of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway uh, debuts. And you can see animatronic figures um, and just kind of, I guess... It looks like, um, it looks like concept art of what it'll look like and people working on the ride. So it's not showing you much, but it's kind of showing you, uh, just little screenshots here and there. So there is that as well. So yeah, that name runaway railway, that's a terrible name. I know we've probably talked about it before, but I just, yeah, it's a mouthful. I can't. Runaway railway. I just don't imagine when I think of railway. rides, I don't. It, it's sort of like Star Wars. I don't imagine people going, "Hey guys, let's go to Galaxy's Edge." <laughs> I think people are just going to go, "Hey, let's go to Star Wars Land." And I, it's the same thing with this. Like, "Hey, let's go to Runaway Railway." I think they're just going to be like, oh, "Let's go ride the Mickey ride." Yeah. Like you know, and I know people don't always call rides what they're named, but I don't know. Some of these names they come up with, it's like with whatever they're going to name Hollywood Studios. I hope they just keep it simple and just name it. I would be fine with just calling it Hollywood or Disney's Hollywood Adventure, something simple. But some of the ones I saw yeah. that we we talked about a couple weeks back about the possible names they sent out as a survey. Um, yeah, some of those were I not mean, uh, not something I would enjoy. I don't think. But. Whatever they name it, they've just it's going to be completely different, or it's got to be at least a little bit different than what the one it is now because it just doesn't reflect studios at all no the the park is definitely changing where from its original you know conception which you know hence the photos that we right things have changed people want to be immersed into movies and used to it was a working studio and i I think that whole and universal has basically abandoned this as well if universal studios was a working studio you could go see stuff right people don't really want that anymore people aren't they want to be immersed into movies and shows with rides and attractions and you know, I think this yeah. is kind of the evolution of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think e- no matter what they name the park, I think people are probably for the next 10 to plus years are probably going to call it Hollywood Studios no matter what the name is anyways. Yeah. 
Just, I mean, there's some people that still call it MGM. <laughs> I still do sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I still remember it that. So uh, I, I think they would probably be better off just doing something with the name Hollywood. But yeah. I don't work at Disney, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's just another little tangent. No big deal. Apparently, I'm tangent heavy today. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was just going to mention all these all these uh, pictures of these uh, construction projects or the the models are all going to be in the show notes. So please take a look at those if you like to get an update. Um, yeah. So that is all the news we have for today. And unfortunately, I didn't find any good rumors to talk about. So we're just doing the news stories today um let's move on to the discussion we have today and we're talking about mobile ordering and our experience at satuli canteen so let's let's over there that was my that was my like was that theme music that was my transition music it's hard it's hard to go from news to like discussion, you know what I'm talking about. Like it's hard to go from one to the other. I think smoothly. you can just say what you're doing. I did say, but it just didn't feel like enough. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyways. So, mobile ordering. Um, what we're talking about today is something fairly new at Disney World. How long have they had it now? Uh, they been, started testing it when. Uh, I don't know when they started testing. I know they've been releasing it in phases for the past couple of months. Basically, yeah. all summer they've been slowly releasing it into more and more restaurants. Right. Okay, so mobile ordering at Disney World is the ability to order food from most quick service restaurants using the My Disney Experience app without actually having to be at the location you're going to eat at. Um, you can pay with a credit card. Um, you can't use the dining plan just yet, but just, just with a credit card on file. You can tell them that you're within the vicinity by just marking like you're ready to pick up and the food is ready for you when you arrive. Basically, right. Yep. Okay, so it's not available everywhere to all the the restaurants just yet. But like Jared was saying, they keep they keep putting more and more places online um, in the parks and at Disney Springs. So it'll soon be just about every single place you can get food. Right. Not sit down restaurants though, right? That no, that would be dumb. They no, they're that. not going to do that. But they would do like they do snack locations. They start. They're starting to. Like they sleepy, had one like with Sleepy that, Hollow. They haven't done Sleepy Hollow yet that I know of. I'm sure they they might. Oh, I hope they do. I, I me too. I like Sleepy Hollow. Uh, but I know they did one. I can't remember the name of it, but that that uh, serves Dole Whip. Aloha Isle. Mm-hmm. Ah. So they're okay. they're going to do it at snack places as well. Okay. Oh yeah, that's we did talk about that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So yeah, we got to experience mobile ordering when we went to Pandora. And ate at Satuli Canteen. Um, so we we actually made a video about this that we'll release on YouTube in the future. But we wanted to tell our, about our experience. We ordered right outside of the restaurant since we were already there. Because we kind of wanted to use the, the program. And we placed our order. It asked us what we wanted, what drinks we wanted, all the, the details, pay with our credit card. And we said we were ready to pick it up. And they gave us a little notification that about five minutes later that said our food was ready. We walked in, was sitting on the counter, picked it up, and we ate. It was a very seamless process. Yeah. I I really, I mean, there's really not much to, much detail to go into except for that it, um, it was very easy to go through the menu 
on the the um, the app. Um, it was very easy to read. I had no problems with it whatsoever. Yeah. So. The but, only th- I know people ahead. have had issues if they mark that they're ready to pick it up and they're really not and the food can get cold. So you don't That's want to mark it as ready to pick up until you are actually on your way to go get it if you're right. going to use it. And don't do this if you're at the restaurant and you're ready to eat like immediately like that's that's kind of silly we did it just because we wanted to test it out well it was but, ready within a couple of minutes though so right so i guess i don't know if the they line that was busy if the line was long it wasn't would, a long line anyway was it i don't recall order? I don't um yeah the only thing about you can't get your um annual pass holder discount using the app yet i think oh that's right i think they'll probably implement that sometime soon yeah would be my guess um, and the only thing I have, it, I love it. I think it's a great thing. It works really well in my experience, but I do wonder, and I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but as it becomes more known as, cause right now a lot of people don't know this exists. A lot of people that aren't plugged into the Disney world and news aren't going to really know that it's readily available or how it works as this becomes more and more mainstream and people start using it. I wonder if the, uh, I guess convenience of it is still going to maintain because if you know, say thirty people at once put an order in, uh, you're going to be waiting on food. I would assume at I some see point. What you're saying. So, yeah. um, I just wonder at some point is it going to switch to where it's actually quicker to stand in the line than it is to do it online because people ordering this food aren't going to be able to see the lines, and they may just think, oh, we'll go over here. They're just going to oh. put it on their phone because they're going to go to that area. And you're going to have this backup line of people wanting to pick up their food versus the actual line to order is going to be way shorter. You know. Maybe. I don't know. Everything's going to this like virtual line thing. And this is a great example. They will do this eventually, I think, and Universal has done it with Jimmy Fallon, where I think in the theme parks, you're going to start seeing more virtual line type of things. And Volcano Bay, too. Yeah, because the biggest complaint people have about theme parks is waiting in line. Right. And so... You know good and well Disney and Universal are, are thinking of ways to limit people waiting in line. Right. You know, because the more someone waits in line, the less that person is going to go around and possibly spend money or enjoy <laughs> themselves. That's true. That's so, true. And they're always wanting people to spend money. So. Yeah. And they want people to have a good experience. And the number one complaint is lines. So, yeah. you know, I think this is one of those things that is an aim to alleviate that. And eventually you're going to see this into, you know... The rides. I am curious. And side tangent, real quick. In Star Wars Land, if they're going to see any sort of <laughs> uh, virtual line thing, I am curious about that. Or even Toy Story Land. Uh, probably. I would assume, but I, would, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, yeah. But so, the, yeah, that was um, the mobile ordering part, and we we kind of want to talk briefly about Satuli Canteen and what we thought about it. And before we go on, I just want to mention too. You know, you said pass holder pass holder discounts do not apply. Um, you have to use a credit card. You can't use a dining plan, and obviously, you can't use cash. So that does kind of eliminate a lot of people. Yeah, it does a so little bit. So if they bit. keep the dining plan off of this, then it could remain as um, convenient as it is now. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really you think, think so? about that. I mean, it may, it's possible they may use it as a way to weed people out from overloading the system. Perhaps. Right. Right. Sorry. Go on. So we want to talk about our experience at Satuli Canteen with the food. Yeah, so like we said, we did mobile ordering. It was ready in like five minutes, walked right up and got it. Uh, 
Jamie got the chopped wood grilled chicken bowl, and it's got wood grilled chicken. Uh, sorry, wood grilled chicken thighs marinated with garlic oil, garlic olive oil. Okay, sorry. You, mean to, you mean to read it? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I got the grilled chicken thighs marinated with garlic olive oil topped with crunchy vegetable slaw, boba balls served with your choice of base and sauce. I chose the vinaigrette dressing with sweet potato hash. Jared got cheeseburger pods, bao, bao buns, bao buns, is that what Yeah, bao buns. Okay. Uh, they're steamed cheeseburger pods stuffed with ground beef, ketchup, mustard, pickle, and cheddar cheese served with crunchy vegetable slaw and vegetable chips. What did you think of what you had? Uh, it was good. So it was two of them. And they were... Mm, they fit about the palm of my hand, I'd say. They were decent size. Mm-hmm. It was... Um, it was kind of like taking... Obviously, it wasn't raw. But it was like dough. And they put meat in it. And they just kind of tied it at the top. So it was kind of that way. The whole thing was covered in the dough. It was like the material that they have, like uh, pot stickers. Right? Similar, but kind it of. wasn't hard. Fi- is it phyllo dough? Is that what they call it? I don't know what they actually call it. Yeah. It was like that, mater- but it wasn't fried. It was very soft and doughy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was good. I mean, it, it tasted sort of... Um, I guess if you took hamburger meat, which it was, and you had it, you ground it up, you didn't cook it in burger form, and you added some stuff to it, and you stuffed it into this, this was kind of what it be. So it was kind of loose ground beef. It wasn't uh, like a solid burger. I guess maybe I put it, but... Yeah. Uh, it was good. It wasn't great but for quick service at disney world it was really good yeah um the it came with these chips and the chips were they were okay they were Mm kind of stale they had different colors and some of the different colored ones tasted a little bit different than the other ones but um on that end it was on a whole it was good it wasn't great but it was tasty um for quick service i think it was really pretty solid disney world yeah so pretty i mean it was pretty flavorful uh, it was a little bit more bland than I expected. Wait, so was it flavorful or bland? I said it was fairly fa- flavorful. What what okay. I expected. <laughs> okay. I, I think I went into it expecting it to maybe be a little spicier for some uh, reason. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you could still taste the cheese and things like that. So. Okay, but that's good. Did you like yours? Oh, do you remember? Yeah, I loved you, mine. You loved yours. It was it was so good. I I picked the the best base and the best sauce. I swear. Um, yeah, I ate the entire thing just right up. I, it was so good. Um, I really liked the the garlic and the vinaigrette and the sweet potatoes and the chicken all together. It was just really good. It was I I, I would get it again and again. And because it's a quick service, it's and it's unique. It's not their basic like cheeseburger and chicken fingers and fries and stuff i really i really think that this was a like a home run in, in the quick service oh area. i definitely think satuli canteen is the future of quick service at disney world oh yeah it reminded me a lot of the way chipotle is where you pick your you know mm-hmm. your rice your your protein that was the thing is you were able to kind of customize certain things and you can make it unique and it wasn't like you said like everyone's had the bland ch- cheeseburger yeah. Or chicken sandwich. And this was not that. And with the bowls and most of the entrees, except for I think one or two items, you can choose your protein, the base, and the sauce. And the proteins you can choice, choose from are chicken, beef, fish, or tofu. Uh, the base is you can choose from are quinoa and veggie salad, red and sweet potato hash, uh, mixed whole grain and rice, and romaine and kale salad. 
And then the sauces you can choose from are charred onion. Is it chimichurri? Chimichurri? I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I think so. Black bean vinaigrette and creamy herb dressing. So I like, again, I had the vinaigrette and the sweet potato hash, and I was all about that. So I really like the way they they have it set up in there, too. Um, not a lot of choices for entrees. I think there's like four or five, and that's it. Yeah. Um, a few sides you can, extras you can choose from desserts, but there's not really a lot of variety. But I don't think you really need it. It's still pretty good. No, it was good. And, I, and it was themed really well. It's supposed to look kind of like a mess hall. Yeah, at the, as part of the I thought the theming was Pandora. awesome. No, it, it it did look like a mess hall. I mean, it was it was really uh, the whole thing was really well. It themed. was like um, it looked very like industrial concrete in certain places, mm-hmm. and in other places it looked like the the Navi people had like invaded and put their own stuff over it or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great. I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked the theming. And there was outdoor spaces you can sit, and there was. Um, not a lot of indoor, but there was indoor spaces. And I believe you could sit outside. Anybody could sit outside. But I think inside you had to have been ordered, have to have ordered from the restaurant. Yeah, they had people sitting there making sure that if you were sitting down that you had food and you had ordered. Like had it blocked off. Like yeah. standing there and like showing you had food before you get through. It was, I remember it was weird. It was weird. They probably but, had an issue. Maybe people just going in there and. Because it was hot or something. Yeah, and sitting yeah. in there for a while. Because it was air conditioned, obviously. Yeah. But um yeah, and like when you go get your silverware and your drinks and stuff, looks like you're in a cafeteria. Yeah, it really does. It was it was so it was unique. I really liked it. So I would definitely go back there again and have something different or the same. I don't know. Yeah. For quick service, you're not gonna find anything better at Disney World. For sure. For sure. So okay, on a scale of one to ten, what would you give it? Are we basing this off of like so Disney quick service? Across the board in that realm, or are we talking about just any restaurant at Disney World? Both. For quick service, I mean, I think you're talking like a nine. Yeah, I agree. If you're talking any restaurant across the board, uh, you know. Seven? I was thinking seven. I agree with Six, that. Six, seven, something like that. Because yeah. the value's decent, uh, but it's not going to be oh, any. Yeah, the prices. I forgot to mention those. Yeah, they weren't terrible. They weren't terrible, no. I want to say like $10 per entree. I maybe? think our total price was... Um, 25 26 I think it was 24 Okay, okay. $24. So that's not bad. So, Disney prices. It's Disney prices, obviously. But um, for quick service, I mean, for what you got compared to some of the other meals I've had at Disney quick service, mm-hmm. you get a lot more. Yeah, I'd say that's good rating. For quick service, about a nine. Any other restaurant in Disney World, you know, six or seven, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, so I really liked it. Um, I liked the mobile ordering. I would definitely use the mobile ordering program again to order from somewhere else. It was just super convenient. I Easy to do. I really don't have any complaints about it. Um, if anybody out there has used mobile ordering and had a bad experience or a good experience, um, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, you can email us at hello at capturethemagicapparel.com and let us know about your experience with it. Uh, good or bad. So, just want to put that out there. Do you want to add anything else to what we talked about? With mobile ordering? Uh, no. Not a mobile. No, I think we've no. covered everything on the no. mobile ordering. Okay. Anything you want to mention about the news stories today? Uh, I really Get want your magic band. Marvel in the Disney parks. But Out of all those stories, that was the one that was most exciting to you? Well, 
anything it was exciting because it they had i can get a captain america or thor magic band so that was cool not staying in the cinderella suite wasn't exciting yeah but i can get the captain america and thor magic band more than likely i'm not gonna get to stay in the castle so i'm not gonna get my if it were to happen it would be awesome but i'm not gonna get my hopes up that it's gonna happen Fair enough. It's kind of like winning. It's like getting a lottery ticket. Like, yeah, it'd be fantastic if I won, but I'm not going to like, you know, assume I'm going to win and make arrangements for things. Well, that attitude, you won't win. I'm just kidding. I understand. <laughs> I I agree. I agree. No, it's just I I geek out a little bit with the the Marvel stuff because I've <laughs> I'm kind of a nerd on this stuff. You I've read into that contract so much because I was so when I first started getting into Disney, I was so confused. I'm like, why doesn't Disney why can't they do anything with this? And then I got to reading about it and then you get into the, I mean, there's tons of these forums. Where you, people have gone deep uh-huh. into this and talking about it seems this and they find this and, and it's just very, it's an interesting topic because the contract itself is so vague. And yeah. I think what you're seeing between Disney and Universal is very much like of a, eh, let's see what we can do here. Like, see what, the, that's why I was saying, I don't think like Disney can obviously sell Marvel stuff like they just can't sell it at Disney World. They can sell it at Disney Springs. So if they're able to sell this in Disney parks, that means they found another loophole. Yeah. Or if it stayed. And they may be able to sell it for one day, then they pull it off. You never know. So Yeah. But just okay. interesting. Okay. So yeah. But yeah, other than that, I think I'm I'm good. Okay. So that's it for our episode today. Uh, We want to make sure that you guys know you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And subscribe to all of our accounts and channels, etc. And sign up for that newsletter on our website, CaptureTheMagicPodcast.com, for a chance to receive that free t-shirt. We will also be releasing vlogs on our YouTube channel starting this week. Woohoo! So subscribe to Capture the Magic there to see what we are up to. And we'll be coming up with a lot of um, some new giveaways this um, this month and into October um, for our Instagram account. So if you would like to win free T-shirt there and some other awesome Disney products, yeah, we've got kind of a cool thing. Yeah, I think we're going to be able to give away that. I yeah, think we just would kind like. of we just kind of uh, set it in stone really um, today. So want to make sure that you guys know that you should definitely follow us and and uh, and and follow us there and keep up to date with that so and tell all your friends about us tell all your friends so so i want to say thank you to jared for joining me today as always you're and, welcome thank you. this one time yes <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening and we will see you in the parks <laughs>